You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella, and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. I want to welcome Novalee Wilder to the podcast. Novalee is a Danish actress and artist turned professional numerologist and writer living in Los Angeles. She is an alumna of the William Esper Studio in New York City and a graduate of the Love Leader Reformation by Avalon Kahn. From 12-step programs to internationally acclaimed professional training, Novalee has explored personal growth techniques and the keys to illuminating the human condition through all her work. Yet the years of training pale in comparison to the life-altering experience of changing her name with the help of numerology. Blown away by the potency and accuracy of this ancient spiritual tool, she studied it for years and is now an expert within the field. She's the founder of the Numerology School, and she's the host of the Numerology Podcast. Welcome, Novalee. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to hear your bio right up and be good. Mm-hmm, that's me. <laughs> that is you. Yes. There is a lot more to numerology than just looking up angel numbers when you see 1111 all day long, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where does numerology come from and why is it important? Well, I think numerology is important. Let's start there because it's the foundation for almost all other spiritual tools that have anything to do with like categorizing things or putting mm. anything in a box. I know people don't like to be put in a box, but when we look at astrology, we look at the 12 houses. If we look at any of the personality type tests, you know, any kind of archetype work, all of this comes back to the numbers. The numbers are connected to planets, to weekdays, to colors, to chakras. Um, wow. But it really is like the foundation of everything. Okay. Also, uh, the kind of numerology that I use, Chaldean numerology, is connected to the Kabbalah, or the Kabbalah, however you want to say it. And based on the Hebrew alphabet, which is an alphabet where um, like the letters equal numbers. So like the A, there is not an A in that alphabet, but like A equals one. Mm. So there is no numbers and letters are not two separate things. Okay. They always hold uh, both things inside of them. So the kind of numerology that I use can be traced back at least 3000 years, probably mm. more. And I think that the deeper I go into these spiritual tools, the more I see the connection between them. And I realize that teaching people astrology is basically te teaching them numerology. And when I teach numerology, I know that like teaching a little bit of astrology kind of like makes sense for people. It hmm. feels like astrology is more widely available. It's more mainstream. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it can be helpful to, do, to use certain astrology terms because people are like, oh, I've, I've heard of that. Oh, I know, mm. like that's a Leo. Oh, that's the same as one energy in numerology. Okay, mm. I kind of get it. So it kind of like overlaps. Mm. Okay. I mean, there's so many spiritual methods and modalities. So can you go a little more into why you chose to focus on numerology? I think like most people who really get hit by some kind of spiritual tool, it's like <laughs> the tool finds you. 
so my mom was really into astrology and I was like cool mom that's fine and uh, <laughs> uh, growing up and becoming an actress and dabbling in the artistic realms I like encountered many personality quizzes and stuff where you know people also like as an actor people want to typecast you or put you like oh you're this kind of person or mm -hmm. like you play this kind of part but when I encountered numerology and specifically Chaldean numerology I felt both seen in a deeper way mm. and I found that it was not just explaining me in a way it was also giving me tools to better myself I'm a very practical person and I really like when our spiritual tools can help us grow and not yeah. just go like, oh, you're that way because you have a moon in Aries or something. Yeah, give give me something practical. <laughs> yeah, like give me something practical and also like the understanding that energy moves in circles and that most vibrations, which is what we work with in numerology, mean vibrations and stuff like that, like encompass a spectrum. So mm. nothing is all bad or all good. And too much of a good thing <laughs> can be too much. Like the lesson in balance. I think that's an important lesson for most people to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very expressed in numerology and how we also like look at people. Mm. Yeah. I do oracle cards. I read oracle mm -hmm. cards. I read bones. There's a lot of intuition that goes in that. So how much does yeah. intuition play in numerology? So every, every time we have a physical tool, like cards, oracle cards, tarot cards, uh, bones, tea leaves, um, palm reading, like what have you, something where you have like a physical object in front of you that can help you, mm -hmm. I find that it all leads back to your intuition. I could probably teach someone to do numerology by the book, just like read the numbers, but when the numbers start talking to you and I'm thinking, you know, the cards talk to you and the bones mm -hmm. talk, like that thing when it's like a conversation and you yeah. suddenly start maybe using imagery that you don't normally use, but you do it with this client or you get a download where you're like, I'm supposed to say this in this way or like you go straight up channeling. Like I have times where I don't remember my sessions almost at all because wow. I'm like, well, I am clearly reading the numbers, but I'm also like, tapped into something deeper yeah 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 like the intuition is just like the more you trust it you know the, the stronger it becomes and mm -hmm. I find sometimes when I am for whatever reason interrupted in my prep work like I always prep for sessions then that's because I'm supposed to do a very intuitive reading <laughs> like sometimes when something comes through like I don't know like someone writes their birthday wrong and I'm like you were not born in 1935 <laughs> like, that, I don't think so I don't think you're that old or you know people write their, their middle name wrong or something I'm like okay interesting you're not mm. giving me the information before the session so that means that I have to be completely present mm. and just get what comes through I cannot I mean I like prepping because then I have a sense of who I'm meeting right because, you know, people have spirit teams and they usually show up before the person does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, okay, we need to talk about that stuff too. <laughs> yeah. So I have heard of life path numbers mm -hmm. and that's determined by your birthday, correct? Yes. Life path numbers are a term used in specifically 
Pythagorean numerology, which is the kind of numerology that most people have heard about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you add up all the numbers in your birthday, and then you get your life path number. And you could be one of nine numbers. And of course, if you add up all the numbers and you get a double digit number, then that also gives you a clue to what kind of life path you have. In Chaldean numerology, we look first at just the date, Mm -hmm. meaning that I'm born on the 28th. 2 plus 8 is 10, 1 plus 0 is 1. So I'm a 1 in Chaldean numerology. And that mm. date, kind of like your zodiac sign, tells you who you're supposed to be. Or we could also say what lesson you're here to learn or what gift you're here to share with other people. And that's like the most important thing in Chaldean numerology. We also look at the zodiac sign and we also look at what we call the second base number, which is the year you were born, that will also Mm -hmm. add up to a number. And we will see how these three things interact. And that's the unchangeable part. You know, people can change their name. They can re-identify with a different gender. They can change their jobs and their hairs and all, like all that kind of stuff, move to a different country, but their birthday never changes. So that's like the interesting thing to like, usually remind people of who they mm-hmm. are like that's always interesting to hear from someone else who you are and that i feel like is sometimes a gift with numerology when i can remind people this is what you're here to do and often mm-hmm. people go like oh right that's why i feel like i'm more on my path when i do these things or when i express this part of me mm, yeah that makes sense with the Pythagorean numerology, when I did my life path number, I did the 12 for 1971 and I added all those. But you're saying that for Chaldean, it's just the 12 for? So you're born on the 4th? December 4th, yeah. Yes. And you're born in 19... 1971. 71. Yeah. So in Chaldean numerology, it would be a 4. And then... Sagittarius. Sagittarius. You're right there. Yeah. So that kind of adds up. Four energy is rebellious. (laughs) (laughs) Different outsider, you know, um, outside the the mainstream or the grain very often identifies within whatever minority feels good or like whatever subgroup feels good and often Mm -hmm. have a tendency, many fours have this tendency to point out what they are not. So where Mm. lots of people might say, oh, I'm this kind of person. I believe in these things. Many fours say, like, I'm not that kind of person, and I don't believe in these things. So Mm. there's often, like, a a way of differentiating yourself from whatever group that might be bigger. I do that, yeah. I will say, (laughs) I'm pagan, I'm a witch, but I'm not Wiccan. (laughs) Yeah, see, and and the Sagittarius energy definitely, like, pushes that, too. Mm. Sometimes our zodiac sign will amplify whatever energy, and Sagittarius energy amplifies amplifies your four energy Hmm. Hmm. and then being born in 1971 if we add up all the numbers i think we get 18 and one plus eight is nine so this is the third time you're here Hmm. in this uh this specific incarnation or this specific combination of numbers this is the third time so we got old soul energy and we also got you know some people follow the world energy and some people follow their own energy and you are definitely more connected to like the overall cycles of the world 
So that would be seasons, but it would also be, say, like last year we had a four year, meaning mm. that the overall energy of 2020 was four. So that is rebellious, uh, chaos. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But also rebirth and like challenging structures and challenging authorities and being like, if we need to build a new world, we need to break down the old. Mm. That's part of your essence, part of your energy. And sometimes we can really feel that ahead of time when you share that. So you might have felt 2020 coming <laughs> before other people. <laughs> I did. And you might also feel that it's leaving you a little slower. Because you simply share in that energy and every, like, any kind of energy is a spectrum. So the low end of the four energy is very rebellious. And the mm -hmm. high end of that energy is, like, genius. Like, being able to see, like, the gaps in the universe and see what fills it. And how mm -hmm. to solve problems. And kind of also connected to the future. What do we need? What is missing in this world? What do we need? And that's probably some of your calling, too. To bring some of what we need. Even though it might feel like just what you need, but like at times it's like what we need as a society or in your community. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely attached to my community and bettering my community and bringing my message to the community. Definitely. Yeah, well, that nine energy is also leadership, but this is kind of like a rebellious leadership, I would say. <laughs> it's not like, a, you know, stepping up forward being like, this is the way to go. It's more understanding that we need authentic leaders. Like, we just yes. need people who are real. We really need yes. people who are real. And sometimes you don't even want to be a leader and it just happens because you're the person who's there and you and something needs to be done and so you step forward. Yeah. Well, I think the, the one of the descriptions of the four is like uh, the big heart. Hmm. And that's just like sometimes when we feel a lot, then we that pushes us to do something. Other people hmm. might move from like ambition or maybe frustration or anger, but the four often moves from this like feeling of the pain or feeling of the need, like the big heart gets activated and we're like, okay, I'm stepping forward. I'm doing something here. Yeah, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. So that, that was a way of describing, you know, <laughs> how we look at the numbers in a birthday. Yeah, yeah, that's that was beautiful. Thank you. And you said last year was a four. What is 2021? So 2021 is a five. The year, um, the world moves in a cycle of nine years. One, two, mm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then it repeats itself. Okay. And of course, there are, there is more information in a year than just uh, the digit sum. Like the fact that it was 2020 last year was significant. And it's significant that it's 2021 this year. Mm. But it's always interesting to see kind of like the compound effect of everything because nothing exists in a vacuum. Like I often mm. do readings and I do like, you know, monthly forecasts and yearly forecasts, but everything builds on what was before. So even though in 2021, the communication theme, the exchange theme, the money abundance and travel theme is strong, we come off of a of a period of time where a lot of structures broke down. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of redefining. So even though like travel is a theme this year, <laughs> travel will look very differently on a global level. We're like redefining, you know, 
I mean, uh -huh. air, airfare. Like I, I had that image when I was like doing the forecast back in like January or something. I was like, seems to be like an extreme focus on planes. And I didn't really understand. I was like, why is all this focus on planes? And I was like, well, because, you know, even though people are traveling now, they're just not traveling as big in as big groups. Mm. And it's going to be hard to sell like a group experience yeah. <laughs> to, to lots yeah. of places. So like <laughs> even that whole industry is doing like a makeover for themselves. Mm. They have to. They're forced yeah. to. Right. Yeah, my travel last year was from my bed to my home office <laughs> and back again. That yeah. was my travel and I traveled a lot. I got yeah. a lot of miles. <laughs> yeah, I traveled in January. And sometimes when I like I saw pictures and I was like I can't believe that was 2020. All I remember <laughs> is being at home, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your bio mentions that you had a name change with the help of numerology. So mm -hmm. how does numerology tell me a little bit more about how that plays a part in a name change? Yes. If we think of a birthday as a door. So that's the door that you come through. Your soul come through, your light, your energy. And yeah, it's unchangeable, but it's also kind of like uncorruptible. Like you and your light, no one can really touch it. I know we get to be people and we get traumatized and we get hurt and we go through a lot of awful, awful stuff. But the true light or the true energy, the true soul of you is unchangeable. But we get to Earth and we get a name. And that name can kind of function as a filter or a shade on that light. I described the four energy and I said that it was rebellious and different and mm -hmm. saw the gaps and it has like genius qualities. But if you get a name where the shades or like the filter is you just too different. Like the shade says, like the attraction pattern says that people will tell you you're just too weird. Why do you need mm -hmm. to be so weird? <laughs> can you just fit in? Or can yeah. you just like, can you shut up about those things for a little bit can you act normally or like oh you'd be such a good whatever friend girlfriend office worker whatever if you would just like reign in the weirdness <laughs> you're talking to a witch here too yeah, <laughs> yeah. very weird <laughs> yeah and you know we can take it as almost like a badge of honor but we can also get like a little traumatized by it Absolutely. and sometimes the filters like the names can really amplify certain parts of us I mean, say you have a base number and a life lesson and theme, something you're here to share with other people that has to do with artistic sense and emotions and, you know, going with the flow and going slow and not planning ahead. And then your lovely family gives you a name. Maybe it's something passed down through generations like last names are that has to do with being tough and shutting it down and you know powering through and the message maybe from you know your family of origin is like we just work hard that's the only way to get anywhere in this world mm. and say maybe maybe even you know you're a man so you might get more um gender roles thrown on you too like you know men don't cry and stuff like that mm -hmm. that will filter the pure light that you are or filter the gift that you have to give us all or to share with the world and so you might over time have this like almost split inside of you between who your soul knows that it's that it is like it, what it's here to do and then what you're actually doing because we will you know do what we're told to do if we're told it enough mm -hmm. 
And that's how sometimes with a name change, we can really support who you're supposed to be or like, you know, your light. We can remove some of the shades or change some of the filters and it can be easier both for you to know this is who I am and that's okay and I'm here to share it, but also for other people to see. Because sometimes we can't see see our own shades or own filters, but other people react to us in a way where we go like, I don't know why people are saying this thing about me or why people are acting <laughs> this way or, you know, yeah. I've done my EFT work, I've tapped on this problem, like how can it yeah. keep coming up? And sometimes some of those patterns are just really ingrained in our names and changing them can change it. And that's what happened with me back in 2014. I changed my name with the help of a numerologist because I had a reading and she blew my mind. And I was like, I cannot believe you know all this stuff about me because you mm. don't know me. Like, <laughs> I haven't really met you before. And she was like, well, I mean, we, we could make it a little bit easier to be you. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> I would like for it to be easier to be me. So I changed my name, you know, I got to pick my own name. She didn't pick my name. She just picked the vibrations, which mm -hmm. is kind of like the shades or filters. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, that changed everything. Wow. I mean, I met the, the man that I, I have a, we have an anniversary coming up. We're going to be mm. married five years here in September. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, him and that the journey with him, with having a healthy, <laughs> loving relationship was new <laughs> for me. Wow. I lost a lot of weight. I got a little more like diversified in my interests. I had been very, you know, had the blinds on with like only doing acting. I was like, it's the mm. only thing I'm good at, the only thing I'm interested in. I even identified with this tortured artist stuff. Like, mm. I'll just do that. <laughs> and with numerology, like so many other things kind of opened up. And I will also say some of the things that I've always been triggered by people telling me, like I remember many times people were like, oh, you're so good at teaching or you're so good at sharing this thing or you're so good at like simplifying it or make it concrete and um, practical. And I was always like, I don't want to teach. I want to act. And mm. now with numerology, one of the things, I mean, I've wrote a book. You know? <laughs> that's teaching. I run a school. That's teaching. And I, I got nicer to myself and also like a little more accepting of my gifts. That's an interesting thing. I think lots of people, you know, focus on their flaws. And yeah. they're like, oh, I have all these flaws. Like, oh, how can I hide them? How can people not see them? All these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we can also sometimes be critical of our gifts and be like, oh, it's not like that interesting or that prestigious. We can also, I mean, one of the things I've heard many times that I have to like clear for myself is those who can't do teach. Hmm. And I was like, that's a really interesting thing because good teachers are worth their weight in gold. I mean, they oh, can yeah. change lives. I Absolutely. hope most people have had at least one teacher who really made them like excited and interested in whatever the subject was or made them really understand it. Mm -hmm. I think it is critical. Like there are so many things that I gave up on early on because I just had teachers who didn't care. And there are so many things that I've continued long after and have some uh, confidence around because a teacher was like, yeah, you're good at that. You should keep doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with my own name changes, a lot of things just shifted. I got more lucky. I got more happy. 
I mean, I definitely like my self-care and self-love uh, really blossomed and that is everything. <laughs> also, if you want to be in a, in a happy relationship, then, you know, taking care <laughs> of you is kind of important. Yeah. Usually we feel the love most when we love another person. Sure, they can do a bunch of stuff that makes us feel loved. But being able to have love flow through you, that's kind of important. And you have mm. to start with your own love or most of it will just be some form of sacrifice for, for the other person. In the Book of Spells by Ember Grant, she talks about using numbers in spells and rituals. And she talks about getting a year stone. And we're at the end of 2021, about to go into 2022. So I thought this would be a great thing for us to do. So you take the year and you reduce it to a single number. So 2022 would be reduced down to six. And in her book, she tells you what stones or crystals are associated with the number six. And she says, opal, copper, Apache tear, bloodstone, citrine, credite, jade, labradorite, onyx, and topaz. And so she says, choose one of those stones that vibrate with the number six and dedicate it on New Year's Day and wear it or have it with you as a magical token for the year 2022. I'm going to do that. How about you? Let me know if you do it too and what you choose as your stone. I have an Apache tear. I'm thinking I'm going to go with Apache tear for me. As far as knowing the energy of the name that you were given when you were born, does that come from what you were saying before, how A equals one and you go somehow figure out the numbers for it or yeah. you just know? So behind every letter is a number mm. and we add the numbers together to find the vibration behind the name or the compound number behind the name. And then we can put all these numbers like your birthday, your name vibrations into a chart called a numeroscope. And then we can see what does it mean for you to have that name? Because sure, lots of people have actually the same name, <laughs> but they're born on different <laughs> dates, in yeah. different years, in different months. So like the combinations are endless. They are in the billions. And that's also like when I do client work, I everyone is new. <laughs> like I have rarely <laughs> seen the same combination twice and it's always mm. interesting like i can share my take on what i see and then people can give me more specific words on what that experience was like growing mm. up with that name in a family that shared those vibrations and and how it kind of unfolded for them hmm. and did it hurt your parents feelings that you changed your name yeah i mean I think everyone has a story about their name and sometimes families also have stories and deep connections and it's an interesting thing that um, if, if uh, it's both an interesting thing if there's an overall focus on not hurting your parents feelings mm -hmm. versus doing what you want because it's mm -hmm. your life yeah and I think my dad he is a double one in numerology and I am a one 
So we were already very similar in in a way, but he is a I don't know scientific method kind of guy, uh-huh. and he had already. I mean, sometimes when people are very and you know opposites attract. Uh, my mom was a very spiritual and creative person. My dad is a little more dry. <laughs> Say it like that. So I think he had like given up a little bit on understanding certain parts of my mom's journey. Mm-hmm. And of my journey, I know he didn't understand why I wanted to be an actor, or you know, wanted to do creative things. He was always like, "Why don't you just become an engineer? You'd be really good at it." <laughs> and I was like, "Dad, I don't want to be an engineer, <laughs> even if I would be really good at it, which you right. know, I probably would." I just gave him space. I say that to everyone who uh, wants to change their name or do other things. People do better with things that are already decided. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes if you state a want or a thought people take it as an invitation to bring their own perspective if you're mm-hmm. like oh i'm thinking about coloring my hair red or i'm thinking about moving to pittsburgh or i'm thinking about a new car that's mm-hmm. an invitation for people to say something if you're like i'm moving to pittsburgh i've just colored my hair red <laughs> i'm changing my name or my name is now this people can't have the yeah. same opinion or if they do it's considered slightly <laughs> rude right <laughs> So with most people who found it challenging or like with my dad where he was like this is kind of hard for me I'd be like that's fine. You can also just not say my name all the time. Mm. You know, sometimes people get so focused on like not saying it wrong even though they might be people who very rarely say your name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean all like you know, we all know people who say your name every 5 seconds in every single <laughs> sentence right. and we know people who never say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after a while, he he just started saying it. He calls me Nova, and hmm, that's nice. But I'm yeah. also like, you know, for the people, like sometimes the people we're more most scared of telling big things. If we don't make a big deal, they don't make a big deal. Mm. And also, if people want to make a big deal, they will make it. You know, like there is yeah. nothing you can <laughs> They'll do. They'll find something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just you know. Even if I also have that, I have clients who jump through hoops because they're like, "Oh, I want to make my parents happy, so I'm gonna, you know, I don't know, pick a middle name from one of my grandmothers or like, you know, they really like dig yeah. into the family to find something where they're like, "Oh, can't you see that I care?" And mm. unfortunately, often those are the parents who are just like, "You have disowned me," mm. even though this person has like spent X amount of months finding a spelling where they can have the same first name just. spelled slightly differently. Yeah. So I I say that like the people who are afraid of change are going to have a problem. The people who mm-hmm. are not afraid of change are probably going to be fine with it. Mm-hmm. And they probably also understand that like our kids are not our own. Like they are their own yeah. people. They are here to do their own thing, do their their own mistakes. That's you know, right. the best thing you can do is uh <laughs> clear your own trauma so you can be as clear a channel as possible. and yeah. be as authentic as possible and also know that if you got patterns coming up late in life you can still clear them you know it's a lifelong thing to clear an egg for the light into our lives and sometimes realize oh i've been totally repeating that pattern from my mom and now i see it in my child hmm. hmm let me work on it now so i can maybe undo that pattern before it becomes you know yeah their yeah how they interact with the world Mm. So as witches, we often choose a craft name. Mhm. 
And sometimes we choose really private names that we only use within private ritual. Yeah. So do you think numerology is a good idea to use to decide on even magical names? I think every time we pick a name or a word, it also goes for picking houses and partners. Like every time mm. we pick something, it's interesting to look at the vibrational signature behind it. Hmm. Many times when people come to me and they want to change their name and they're like, I want to, I want you to look at these options. What often happens is that they have found the same vibrations they already carry just in mm. a different constellation. We will repeat what we know energetically. We will, you know, I had a pattern of falling in love with a certain kind of man that had the same base number combination over and over again. Mm. Of course, none of these men were the same, but there was mm -hmm. something in that signature that I was attracted to or looking for. And I mean, now I'm married to the same energy signature. So I'm like, okay, I've been looking for him <laughs> for a while. Um, and then I found him. So I find that often when people pick artist names or, you know, it also goes in the yoga community. They also often pick like a yogi name. You will often pick what you already have. And it'll mm. kind of be like an intensified version of it. Kind of like if you are a four person and you move into a four home and maybe you have a cat and you name it a four name and suddenly there's just a whole lot of that energy present. That's so interesting. Yeah, but I mean, that's what people do. You know, we have the patterns, like when, once you have a tool to look at the patterns, you will see that they, yeah. they really do repeat themselves. We wow. are... Uh, not as original as we think sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when I, even even in the patterns of like things we liked, I had to, when I picked my name, I realized that I just loved things like names that had some VA in them, like mm. Novali and Ava and Avalon. And I mean, mm. even Wilder, I was like, okay, lady, you have a, a thing with this. Maybe <laughs> pick a few so it's not like Nova, Ava. You, you know, I was like, okay, let's just pick a few different ones so it doesn't become the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. But it's it's really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people people also do it with like children's names where they come up with these patterns of like, maybe all the kids are named with an H as the first or like all the names ends on an A. Like we like patterns. Right. Yeah. And even when we think we break them, <laughs> often vibrationally, we still repeat them. Yeah, I think that is super interesting. I think that maybe I need to come and get a reading from you because I changed my name. Well, well, it's part of my original name, but mm -hmm. my name was Pamela and mm. I don't like Pam and everybody, mm. even if I introduced myself as Pamela, even people, strangers, people that didn't know me would still say, oh, hi, Pam. And so mm, last yeah. year I changed it to Mela, which mm -hmm. is the last part of Pamela. and. I feel so different and I'm kind of a nerd. So I also have read that Mela, I do role playing in Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. So Mela and Elvish is supposed to be love. So I was like, Aww. okay, I, since people will not call me Pamela, I'm just going to go with Mela, but it would be really interesting for me to come to get a reading and see if Mela has this, you know, if I'm repeating a pattern and I need to go a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that you are a little bit because um, the name vibration, it's always a double digit. So the name vibration behind Pamela is 22. And we mm. always say the, the double digit number and then the digit sum. So it'd be 22, four. 
because two mm. and two is four. So Pamela is 22, four, and Mela is 13, four. So the digit sum is the same on both of these vibrations. Wow. So if I had to do your numeroscope, unless you've changed other things, you would have kept the numeroscope. Meaning okay. that you had like, you had, you have um, touched a dial, you know, you've, you've fiddled with something, but uh -huh. the basic structure is the same. But I also get sometimes like the thing with, with um, living in an English speaking country specifically, people really shorten names a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, both, uh, yeah, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, Canada, the UK, like I just find that like if you have a longer name, people will shorten it. You're not Thomas, you're Tom. <laughs> right. You know? So I also really get like, it can also, that can also create kind of like a little schism inside when you're like, some places you're Pam, other places you're Pammy or Mella yeah. or whatever and you can like people can also be like very clear like I'm a Megan not a Meg <laughs> right or, like I'm a, I'm not a Maggie you like we can be very like clear and like these are the things that I I mean I have that pattern with whenever I have a client named Megan because you can spell that name many different ways mm -hmm. they're always very clear that if they're not going to be a Megan anymore they have to pick something completely different because they can't be Megan with a different spelling because they have mm. a very specific opinion about Megan's spelling. <laughs> and I've seen it over and over again, so I know certain patterns just like reap. <laughs> but I mean, I commend you for, it's funny, I mean, we haven't met more than right now, but you're definitely not a Pamela or a Pam. <laughs> I'm definitely I, not a Pam. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could, I would like, Mela is beautiful. I like Mela better, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I think that's also the thing, like, I mean, I work with name changes and it's a spiritual tool and mm. I have opinions about what would be supportive and conductive and balanced for people. But in general, I also just want to invite everyone to question um, the fact that we think that names are so set in stone. Mm. Um, I love, you know, in your community, like picking a, a private name or a specific yeah. name or an artist name or whatever. I love it in the queer community where mm. it's very, very normal to take a new name um, or to try on different identities or mm. explore your gender identity. And, and all these communities who are pushing some of the mainstream norms are doing everyone a favor mm. because it's so, it's so needed to question some of our roles and also yeah. um, the spectrum of masculinity and femininity mm -hmm. i also see that like even like the naming formula of like you're supposed to have this kind of first name and this kind of last name or it's supposed to be very clear from your name if you're a woman or a man mm -hmm. and i love that people are also like seeking out maybe more unisex names or things that mm -hmm. are just not super clear I don't know, like the categorization. We don't have to put ourselves in a box if we don't right. want to. We can explore right. all of it. Yes, that is beautiful. I have one more question for you before we kind of close things up here. Do mm -hmm. you have any experience or knowledge on using numerology in magic or spellcasting? I saw a few books about it and I just wanted to ask if you knew anything. Yeah, I mean, I feel strongly and I'm sure you agree, but like when we ritualize things, we get the attention of the energies in the world. Mm -hmm. Like once we gather around an altar or in a circle, 
or in whatever ceremony. I think ceremonies are so important and so lacking in in mm-hmm. our modern culture. Like I remember some of the most meaningful ceremonies I've been to have been um, funerals. Mm-hmm. There's just very little space in the world for grief yeah. and expressing grief. Or like just crying without anyone coming over and trying to get you to stop because it's not an appropriate Please don't cry. Don't be sad. Yeah, don't worry. It's going to get better. Well, someone is dead. It's not going to get better. Right. So I ritualize my name changes. I do a whole little Mm. uh, ceremony after a name change because I do believe that we have the ear of the spiritual team and, and the angels on the side of whoever I'm helping. That's beautiful. Mm. Names are spells, words are spells, like it's mm. <laughs> spelling and spell casting. It's it, it's in the word and in the name. I Absolutely. find that like the more we understand like the power behind the words and the names we use, the more likely we are to also get the outcome we want. Mm. I mean, I, I've seen that too. I have clients who when you do a name change after a while, you release the karma in the old name and you only have to deal with the karma in the new name mm. and i see people like spiritual people drawn to create a ceremony around that mm-hmm. like create create a ceremony around that that door or that energy yeah in whatever way it makes sense to them so i think mm-hmm. in general with all these because the name change is also a transition they mm-hmm. all are um, worthy of a ritual i mean i see it too like I, you can go change your name um, at the courts and I mm-hmm. sometimes feel like, I mean, not that you have to go to church or whatever, but that thing of like, I wish it was more normal to change your name. And I wish there was a little more pomp and circumstance around it sometimes where people go like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Yay. <laughs> yeah. um, that usually happens when people get married. And if, uh, you know, the wife often takes the husband's last name, but mm-hmm. I just feel like it's a it's a powerful thing. Just as, you know, sometimes when, when kids get adopted and they take their adoptive parents last name there is some some oomph around that in general i think we think names are a little more solid and unchangeable than they are Mm. and then i think that when we do change them we don't give them enough credit for changing our life i see such importance in rites of passage and Mm. as a ordained pagan minister that leads community events and i do weddings i do funerals i do all that sort of thing I am really trying to push these types of things because a lot of different cultures have rites of passage. And if you change your name for any reason, regardless of what reason it's for, you know, maybe it's a a trans person um, Mm -hmm. who would like to have a ceremony and a rite of passage, or maybe it's me changing my name to Mela. I didn't even have any sort of ritual. And now that you say that, I'm thinking, wow, I do ritual all the time. I am ceremonial magic (laughs) person and I did not do anything special, even just with myself. That is such a good point. That is a rite of passage. It doesn't matter how old you are because I'll be 50 this year. Doesn't matter. 49 years old. Changed my name. Yeah. And changed my Facebook pages. Changed everything. (laughs) And even my husband, bless his heart, he is calling me by Mela. It's a beautiful thing. But yeah, that's such a good point. I thank you for for bringing that up and for just bringing some knowledge around the whole idea of name change and numerology. And I did not know 
all of this. I, I just knew a little tiny, you know, just enough to get by and tell someone <laughs> that it was a type of, you know, type of reading you could get. So this is really, really great. And if someone wanted to learn to become a numerologist, you offer training in that, correct? Yes. I think if this is interesting, after listening to this episode, you can go to novalywilder.com and you can download a free ebook that's a guide to the nine base numbers. So you could get like that basic intro to like your your birthday. And then if you want to go deeper, I wrote a book called A Little Bit of Numerology where you can start doing numeroscopes and get your mind blown maybe a little bit more. Mm. There's also some case studies in there. And then I offer readings, both like super short. We don't even meet. You can see how <laughs> what I can read just in like a cold read of like your name and birthday. I offer like long form readings and name change sessions, sessions for children and for businesses. And even like ongoing mentoring, sometimes that can also be nice and helpful to like talk to me more than once. And then, yes, I do teach numerology so one can become a professional numerologist and change names just like me. Because while I think reading a lot of books can start you as a reader, mm -hmm. I don't think that name changes or helping people with that is something one should do without having, you know, a deeper understanding of all the mm -hmm. like pieces in play. Mm hmm. And that comes after some extended training. Wonderful. And I will put all these links, all this information in the show notes. So if y'all are listening and you're interested, I've got all that for you. And it's just been a blessing to have you here on the podcast, Novali. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for really good questions. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and as always, I would love to hear what our listeners think about this episode's topics. I always want to hear what you think. So if you go to the podcast website, you can comment on this very episode with your thoughts and questions. And as always, there is that little microphone. You can send me a voice message and I might just use it on a future episode. Take care and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash bellbookcandle.